0: Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. How about, how about this? I got this proposition for y'all. We're going to spend a couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show, engaged in, I don't know, perhaps some energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, national news, and politics. Maybe we'll talk a little bit uh, downtown baseball, a little art, that sort of thing, because this is a well-rounded show. This is a renaissance show. Dan Peters and I, Uber producer Dan Peters, are renaissance men. Is that not true, Dan? That is a true statement.
1: Renaissance men. Renaissance. We have to define renaissance.
0: We are well-rounded. We, we are, are instructed and enthusiastic about uh, uh, news. And culture and literature, sports, you know, all the finer arts of life.
1: Okay, by that standard definition, I will declare myself a renaissance man.
0: Two renaissance men with a couple hours on the radio where we will uh, try and keep you entertained and informed because this is Information 1000 Well, Thank you for spending some time with us today. Whether you're out driving around on this fine day with the windows down screaming at the world, You've come to the right place. Maybe you're streamed live on KSO.com and you're cubicle farm somewhere. Putting in the last couple hours of the day. Looking forward to a lovely evening at home. Maybe some grilling, that sort of thing. Some sports. There's kids' sports all the time on Tuesdays. That's a big thing right now. Your your kids' baseball games. Maybe you're going to be doing that. That's what you're thinking of. And you've come to KSO.com to just catch up. That's a good thing. Maybe you've got that KSO mobile app that you're walking around with. you got your... Earbuds in and you got it connected to your phone where you can stream this program live and all KSO programming. Remember, you can always follow along on Facebook Live or on our Twitter account at P. Lally Show. Hey, uh, I've been gone a little while uh, and I am back, as you can tell by my voice. But um, I was I was out on the I was out on the uh, East Coast for a few days in a place I hadn't been before. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But perhaps, perhaps you saw me this weekend on KSFY's This Week in Politics show with Brian Allen on Sunday night. Did you see that? Did Dan? Did you catch it? What no? time was it? As 1030. Oh, TV's off at 1030. Yeah, TV's in my off at 1030. But you can still go out there and get it on the KSFY.com website. Uh, and uh, Mr. Brian Allen had me in. Brian, of course, a guest on this program on occasion when we can you know break into his very, very busy schedule,
1: well, of course, if he's got to be interviewing you for this week in politics, definitely his schedule has got to be pretty full,
0: yeah, it is, and so uh before I left town, we chatted a little bit about uh the goober race, the house race, the uh we we talked about a lot of stuff, but that was the, that was the stuff that made it on air, the governor's primary. And the House primary and then the general election. So it was fun. I, I, thanks a lot to to Brian for having me on. He's got a fine program there. Every Sunday night at 1030. Uh, he had uh, Teresa Staley on as well. So you can, he has guests in and they, you know, the, and you do it in studio or he had Teresa out on a park, which was interesting. So Brian's got that show on 1030. You can catch me, go listen to that. I'll try and post it on all the various social medias here when I get a chance. But I am just back. Just back into the beautiful rolling plains of South Dakota.
1: Is yeah. there is there a disclaimer at the end of the show? Is there parting gifts for those appearing on the <laughs> this week in politics on KSFY? <laughs>
0: received? no a a lovely KSFY windbreaker or umbrella. No, I got none of that. Oh man! But I did get to go down into the uh, fabulous studio they have down there. That you know, because KSFY moved downtown after uh, many years. Well, no, they were always downtown, but they moved in downtown. From their
1: their, uh, Phillips location? No, No, that was was Dakota. Dakota. Dakota.
0: Old. It was an old place. And if you're ever in the old place, uh, typical sort of studio, TV newsroom kind of situation. uh, It wasn't wasn't a fun thing to look at. But this new place is awesome. It's down in the federal square there. They've been there now for a year or so. And uh, they have all kinds of events and stuff. And you can look inside the big windows there. But... You know, it was, it was cool. So I was happy to do it. Hopefully he will have me back again someday. I didn't screw it up too bad. You know, I'm prone to do that. Like one and out situation. Well, that didn't work.
1: <laughs> well, you, you turned <laughs> the page. Yeah,
0: right. Well, they keep me around here, which is good. And it's good to be home. Uh, as I said, I was, I was in Western Massachusetts and I got, I also got to scratch two states off my visited list. I had been to Massachusetts before, but I was way out in the western, northwest corner of Massachusetts, which is the Berkshire Mountains, the Berkshires. You know, that's a word you hear when you're growing up, out in the Berkshires. I'd never been there. It's beautiful, wonderful, wonderful place, and I highly recommend it. But uh, I got to go to Vermont, which is right there, saw the uh, grave of Robert Frost, which was very interesting. And walk through the cemetery where all these folks from, uh, you know, the Revolution are buried. You know, soldiers from the Revolution, which was fantastic. Uh, that was cool. Just took a little shot up into Vermont. So I can say I've been there. But we flew into Connecticut. And I'd never been to Connecticut. So Vermont and Connecticut, off my list. I've only got like eight or ten left before I die.
1: Well... You've still got some opportunity. Got some miles left on you. I think you can make it.
0: I think I can too. But I got to do a. I got to do a swing through the deep south. That's probably the toughest. I got Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. I got to knock those down. I haven't been there yet. In Arkansas, somehow I have not been to Arkansas. Really? Yeah.
1: Hmm. That that's kind of a hole there, if you've. Because I I know I've been to Texas. I have not yet been to Arkansas.
0: You, you got to have a reason to go to Arkansas. But or I go
1: through Arkansas.
0: Like, on the way to Louisiana, I guess. But, yeah, like, I, you know, I drove down to Tulsa, Oklahoma once, and that's very close to Arkansas. Didn't get in. Didn't get in. So, that's that's uh, next on my list is the Deep South or the Carolinas. I haven't done the Carolinas. And that would be more fun, I think.
1: I have a story about the Carolinas because I was invited to a wedding mm-hmm. out on the eastern, east coast there near the Outer Banks. Mm-hmm. And... The the people when when we were our our job was to go build a bouquet for the the uh, bride, mm-hmm. and they said you go to people's yards and you go get hydrangeas from people's yards really? because the big puffy yeah. flowers awesome and and so we'd knock on the door my wife and I and they said yeah yeah we're you know what we're gonna do we're 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 gathering flowers for our our uh, for our, for a wedding for a Oh, really? That's so nice. Y'all go out and do that. And then, where are y'all from? They so, said, well, we're from South Dakota. And, and uh you, oh, do you have hydrangeas out there in South Dakota as well? It might be a little too cold for hydrangeas. It gets down to 20 below. Oh, my.
0: <laughs> you just take whatever hydrangeas you need and uh, try and stay warm now. Yes. Thank that, you. Thank you. That'd be lovely. I need to go down and hang out down there. That'd be awesome. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. But Western Massachusetts was awesome out there with JP's family. Uh, and, uh, you know, traveling with a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old, that was good times. Good times.
1: You know, that that increases your patient quotient, <laughs> being able to be patient with seven and nine-year-old travelers.
0: Yeah. So spent some few days with JP's family and I'm now in recovery, trying to just get my all my uh, my life back into balance, my eating and my imbibing and everything else. So we'll see how this week goes. I need to like just settle down a little bit, and we'll see. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I, I got a good story about a nine-year-old in the bathroom in the airport, but I'm going to have to save that one because we don't have time today. Oh, man. But it goes exactly – well, no. Nah, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it because we have – I'm just happy to be back, by the way, and – Every time I leave for a couple of days you come back when in the spring everything changes. And now I, I hit the ground and you know, everything's blooming and it, it's just awesome. It's just awesome to walk around and smell all that crab apple and lilac and all the bushes and it only lasts a few days. The lilac and the dying ash trees. The dying ash trees. Ah, the smell of the decaying ash tree. Um, know your home back in South Dakota. Uh, we've got a great show for you today. Our guests include Jim Henning. He's from Good Earth State Park, and he's going to be here with Mr. Jeff Hansen, who's been on this show before from Sculpture Walk. And they got a new deal they're doing out there at uh, Good Earth with a new statue, which will be cool, and I just like Good Earth, so that's going to be awesome. Uh, the common man will be in for weird friends. And blurry, blurry, blogger Corey Heidelberger of Dakota Free Press is our guest talking about politics from the left side of the aisle. And I will have a p statement after the next break today's topic is uh my message for the new mayor because i've been gone i've been gone i'm back and now i got my message everybody you know everything started to settle down i'm gonna have i got some words of wisdom
1: just like eve hutton when yes. eve hutton talks
0: people listen yeah well i have the radio show so you hope they're listening that's all coming up next on the patrick lally show information 1000 k-s-o-o 319 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Yeah, and we'll get a little closer to free on the P&L statement today, that time of day when we gaze around the world of news and information to find the things that uh, tweak our interests, shall we say? And today that is our new mayor for me. I have been as I said gone for a little bit and I wanted to come back, circle back to last week's swearing in of Mayor Paul Tenhaken uh as the 32nd mayor, 32 mayors of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. He of course took over from Mayor Mike Uther who uh goes off into the World of former mayors, and uh, he, you know, Paul Tenhaken had some nice things to say. He said, "United as a city council and as a community, we can do great things for Sioux Falls." While I have been afforded the honor and privilege to lead this city as its mayor, all of us are in this together to move our city forward. Forty years old, Tenhaken is one of the youngest people to ever hold the office in Sioux Falls and uh, ever hold any office. And his installation marks the beginning of a new generation of Sioux Falls civics. He said that. Uh, uh, also coming in with him, at-large city councilor Christine Erickson won a second term, uh, Rick Kiley won a second term, and two new councilors, Janet Brecky and Kurt Soul. So there's, uh, you know, it's every every transition in, in the mayor's office. Every new mayor means new transition. And uh, those four people took, or five people took the oath, and they moved forward with uh, the folks who were already on there. And it's certainly a different... than has been the last time around, but we'll see what happens. Ten Aiken said all the right things in his message. Every new mayor comes into the office, as I say, as a transition, and this one is no different. He is only the fourth person, think about this, only the fourth person to hold the office as it exists under the strong mayor form of government. So when somebody new comes in, it's always a time of change. Everybody who has had that job since Gary Hansen has served for two terms, eight years, Gary Hansen, Dave Munson, Mike Uther, and now Paul Tenhagen. This, this mayor is no different in that it it is, this one is different, I mean to say, in that it feels like a generational shift. Uh, I think this is a good thing, not because one generation is any better than at governing than another, that's clearly not the case, but because maybe we can shed some of the inertia on serious challenges that await our community. Sometimes it's just a different way of thinking about things that moves us forward. Of course, we all have our pet issues. You know, we know that's true. Mine are pretty clear. If you listen to this show with any regularity, you'll know that transportation planning for sustainability, sustainability and stopping the balkanization of the city based on income and race and ethnicity. Those are big, big issues that are not easily solved by one piece of ordinance or another. They are often the first things to fall by the wayside, however, when the hub and bub of daily governing settles in. It's easy to get so caught up in the details and disagreements that you never get to do, never get to the big questions, you know. In my mind, uh, though, that's what a mayor is supposed to do. I've never believed that the mayor is chief executive of the city. The job is to look over the horizon to see where we need to go. It's not to get bogged down in the mud of problem solving. That's why we hire directors and their staffs. They are professionals committed to running a community the best way it can be done, trained to do what they're supposed to do. Let them do it. It's a lot to ask from one person, but that's leadership. Letting people do their jobs Remember the interests of average Sioux Fallsians. Think about the city we want to be, not the one we were. Uh, the, The mayor did say this. He said, a new generation hungry for opportunity and prosperity, one that embraces technology, embraces diversity, and embraces change, a generation that honors the legacies of those who came before us and lays the foundation for our own lasting mark on this community. But above all, this generation of Sioux Falls is one that is ready to serve all the citizens of Sioux Falls so that our cherished community continues to be one of the best cities in the world to live, work, raise a family, and retire. Those are inspirational words. They're good words. They're the right words, right? But it's hard, and this is where it gets difficult, to not lose sight of the big words, of the big dream. Many, many politicians have put together the right words, have had a vision that they expressed during a campaign that was inspirational, that was right-minded, that had at its core what is best for all the citizens of a city, state, or country. We all know that. That's, there's nothing new in that. There's nothing transformational in that idea. But at the city level, it's perhaps more important because it is so easy to get involved in the day-to-day operation of everything that happens in a city. There's 1,300 employees. There's nearing 200,000 people who are essentially your board of directors, your shareholders. You can't get drugged down in everything, not because... One person isn't capable of running an organization that way. They are. But then you lose sight of the big picture. You lose sight of what your city looks like, feels like, smells like, sounds like in 20, 30, 50 years. Because you aren't making a decision necessarily today that will alter the course of the city. But taking cumulatively, you have to see where they're going. And if you lose sight of that, if you worry about every little pothole and every little uh, lawn that's out of uh, conformity, then you'll never see how are we going to move people around here? Who's going to live here? How are they going to make a living? Where are they going to live? Where are they going to go to school? So they're inspirational words. It's in my hope that in the process of governing, we don't forget what they mean. So good luck, Mayor Tenhagen. Hope to have him on the show again real soon. That's the bottom line on today's P&L statement. Agree or disagree with me, you can drop me an email, patrick at kso.com. You can also get on our Facebook live feed and chat there or send us a tweet via the Twitters at P-Lally Show. Coming up after the break, after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we've got the common man in for weird friends. Should be a blast. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.
2: 3.34
0: on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And it's Tuesday. Normally, you, this used to be the Common Man Day, but you know, I I've been missing some Mondays, so we got to bring the Common Man back. And Mister Common, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, being here with me today. I appreciate that.
2: Well, it's good to have you back, Patrick. It's uh, from all your travels and world, world travels and all that good stuff. Gosh, Vermont.
0: Yeah, I know. It sounds so hippie, doesn't it?
2: It does. It's very Ben and Jerry of you.
0: You know what, though? It looked a little bit like uh the upper peninsula of michigan
2: <laughs> well that well if you kind of go latitude wise you're kind of there aren't
0: you i didn't i didn't see nearly as many hippies as i expected oh i know i was kind of disappointed <laughs> not one micro bus oh <laughs> gosh well maybe I next
2: maybe there was wasn't the right season I'd probably, i
0: probably i was probably in the wrong part of vermont i probably could have driven another 20 miles and you know i'd have been there
2: Well, you know, there's probably a preserve.
0: (laughs) The hippie preserve. (laughs) They just keep them all in one place.
2: That's right. A commune. Yeah. Hey,
0: uh, have you, I was talking about the mayor earlier. Mm -hmm. And uh, have you been paying attention to the the transfer of power and all that? Oh, I have. You know,
2: and it just fascinates me, you know, because like you say, it's, it's, you know, mayor, once mayors get in. You know, it's they're they're in there for the eight years, and so it it seems like it seems like we're pretty agreeable with our mayors, mm-hmm. and so it's it's you know it is like as you say it's a it's a it's a generational kind of a change, and I just wonder you know what's that like if, it, if you only switch you know leaders every eight years, what do they do? What's mayor orientation like? <laughs> I mean, is there? I mean, do they? when they introduce you to all the city council people that you'll be arguing with for the next eight years. So it's like, hi, oh, yes, we won't be getting along. Nice to meet you. And, <laughs> yes, and, you know, Paul, that's,
0: Teresa, Teresa, Paul, okay, <laughs> everybody leave now.
2: That's right. yeah, or the list of perpetual cranks and, and feedback givers. You no know, question mark. <laughs> yes, here's the people who live in this town that will be constantly be writing you and calling you and, you know, every day, you know, that's like, oh, good, good, well, we've got that established. Now, how did... I'm, do they take a picture i mean is there do they give you an id (laughs)
0: yeah that's right you know okay all right no look right here all right uh well you'll be getting this one back in about two weeks laminated (laughs) here's your lanyard don't use it
2: the first one was but after that it's five dollars if you lose your id
0: (laughs) you think there's like a passcode in the back if you come in after hours You you just hold your badge up boop get into the office. The old
2: mayor's (laughs) office, yep. No, And uh, somebody walk them around, somebody from HR. It's like, you know, there's no smoking in here. And I mean, but there's got to be some perks, right? I mean, you've got to be, I'm thinking free access to the spillway as a water slide.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, nobody does that anymore because I think they put a bunch of rocks at the bottom. But when I was a lad, when I was a boy, people Mm -hmm. actually did do that.
2: Well, that's what they do for the normal Joes, but when you're mayor.
0: <laughs> that's right. They clear everything out.
2: Yeah, and I'm thinking maybe chopper rides from City Hall to, so you can weekend at Camp Lee
0: Erickson. <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, just off the heliopad up on top of City Hall. <laughs> that would be awesome.
2: Uh, the, you know, given the codes to the nuclear football in case Iowa crosses the border i mean i don't know what what do you get as the mayor of sioux falls i mean there's got to be there's got to be some perks is there not
0: no it's 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 probably much less uh glamorous than that it's probably like okay here's the map to the sewer system don't ever touch the red button
2: <laughs> live it learn it
0: know it that's all you gotta know don't touch the red button. <laughs> remember the sewer emergency of 2010 red button
2: red button don't God do touched. it. <laughs> well, that you know, I think is there a Sioux Falls mayor book of secrets? Oh. You know, as a hey, oh yes, yes. Uh, by the way, now uh, Mayor Haken, here's here's the book of secrets. It actually tells you who's buried beneath the bricks in the plaza that we built in the seventies <laughs> you know, it mean, the It's it's like where we hid David in Felix <laughs> yeah, Park that's
0: was. Right.
2: You know, all the all the important and neat stuff. Mister Bendo's private cell number. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be some good parts to be, to be a mayor, but I, I don't, I, I can't imagine. I've, I've I've never held a position of, of such authority, but uh, I mean, that's I can't imagine what that's like to be you just walking. Like, yeah, so uh, let's get to mayor and you know,
0: <laughs> who's here? Who who's off today? Who can I see the uh, can I see the PTO list?
2: I, yeah. uh, where's I mean, Carney? What,
0: Is he on? Is he working yeah, today? You, <laughs> there, somebody filling the
2: pools. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> i mean how, how does that work I mean, is there a calendar <laughs> yeah it's, I, I, I'm, I'm baffled by that how does it, I mean, in the, the process of government are you just do you just get on the carousel is that is that how that works
0: i think so i think you know i don't think there's like a, maybe there is like a uh, a google doc somewhere with like step by step step one here's the key there is not a private bathroom don't even think it's an old building all right don't ask a
2: series of web based trainings that you can take you know
0: <laughs> how to be mayor <laughs> that would be great, uh, we should actually make we should make that
2: oh well, they'd probably come in handy you know that's and that 's sort of my gig you know so
0: that's writing training yeah yeah oh
2: yeah that's it. I could do that,
0: but you well, know we, we should can... get together and maybe again we 'll do that right after we do the uh, have you and i talked about uh, yeah we have about uh uh uh, celebrity password or whatever we were oh call. yeah match game match and, game uh, yeah yes, local yes, celebrity oh, match game with the boon man as host
2: with the boon man as host well that that, that that'd be great i don't know see I, cele- I don't know if i i don't i wouldn't qualify as i could be the person who feeds them the answers though that's a you no know, it could be the 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 writer maybe for the the sexual innuendos and double and <laughs> well, that's
0: but see right after we get done with that then we'll do the video training series on how to be there.
2: <laughs> First off, do not appear on Patrick's right. match game show.
0: Here, scratch that. Scratch. <laughs>
2: Appearances not to make.
0: In, in in no cases whatsoever do you return the call from the Patrick Lally show.
2: <laughs> Even
0: if it says it's just Dan Collins. Then you're I fine. think maybe they've got that memo though. Uh, oh, oh sure. No, no sensitive sensitive topic. Sensitive you can think about it don't
2: do it <laughs> <laughs> sure when they're running for office they're they're banging on your door yep
0: crickets around here these days oh
2: yeah can't uh-huh. get a
0: city councilman in here to save my life
2: oh sure well but but then when all, when all the signs go up
0: hey patrick what have uh-huh. you been doing
3: oh yeah can i all get right. 10 minutes 20
0: uh, sure. no. yeah no that's fine i'm used to it yeah, i'm right. used to it common man as you know I I have many scabs, many wounds.
2: All the scar tissue from the
0: arena, from the public arena, and that's okay. I got I got big calluses built up. I could take I could take a body blow like nobody's business.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, you know, it, it comes with a gig. You know, yeah. you, you realize, yeah, as a public servant. Yeah, that's what you. You much like the mayor. Yeah, I was going to say position. it's just
0: like r- being the host of the Patrick Lally Show is a lot like being mayor, except you know. <laughs> We both don't have a private bathroom. Well,
2: you've got the same, you've got a little bit different model. You're responsible for everything, but in charge of nothing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, Hey, uh, Common Man, can you stick around for a minute? i got another question for you. I do, I can. All right, cool. We're going to come right back and talk more with the Common Man on Weird Friends. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Three forty-six on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. We return to our conversation with the common man because common man. Um, I all this talk about baseball stadium, right? Downtown baseball stadium, right? Yeah. And and you were you were the first person I thought of because uh, you are you are the. You're, I don't want to say you're the ultimate sports fan because you're not crazy right no but i you don't are, paint things no 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 you don't paint things
2: <laughs> I don't paint myself <laughs> or any other people for that
0: no. well that's always that's always a quality piece of advice but I think so. uh, but you are you know more about more sports than anybody else i know and you enjoy the 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 spectating of more sports than anybody i know so, well i
2: and li- i like think so I mean, i've always been a big uh, proponent of the the Local teams, and uh, you know, and, and I think people get in this whole the baseball stadium downtown thing all wrong. I mean, the, <clears throat> the people when I read the things I see it on, on social media and things like that. Why would we want to prop up the canaries? You know, if we make those two thousand people who go to see the games happy? Why would we want? <clears throat> it's not about the canaries. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's it, it, respectfully that, that would probably be about the fifth or sixth good reason to do it um it, it's of course it'd be nice for the canaries to have a ballpark that's a little more competitive with the teams they play anybody who's been to a st Saint paul saints game mm-hmm. one of their rivals has seen their brand new beautiful stadium and it is fantastic and it, they draw 6 or 7000 people in the middle of downtown st paul but that's st paul bigger city and those are the people that the canaries are competing against the big things and you got to think big picture and this is what I'll be talking about when I run for mayor in eight years. Mm-hmm. Is you know you, you got to open up the Denny Convention Center, Howard Wood Arena area. I mean, how many that that's what did I? How many things was that? Four four different venues for yeah. things that can happen in that neighborhood. So you, to move the ballpark from there, you open up that space for additional parking, which everyone knows when there's a couple things going on out there at the same time, it's almost impossible. Otherwise, if you're not going to use it for parking, use it for development. Everybody's going to say, well, where's all these restaurants and cool places and things that are supposed to come with the coming of the Denny? Where's all this development supposed to come? Well, which one of those places are, are you going to move first? And that seems the obvious one is to with a great big swoop to move the ballpark. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, if you put it downtown, that releases anywhere from two to 5,000 um God-loving people in downtown Sioux Falls, 50 summer nights a year. Uh, the revenue opportunities there, it's a great regular attraction to downtown, something that happens day-to-day, weekend-to-weekend during the summer to keep downtown vital and, and happening. Mm-hmm. That- I guess the other thing, too, you've got a concert venue, you know, a focal point of those Sioux Falls downtown festivals like Hot Harley Nights and First Fridays, things like that. I thought you would like the fact that it's be uh, adds value to the bike trail. No, yeah. You so bring your bike to the ball game, Birdcage. Here's
0: There's my a, here's my deal right now because I like that. I, I like all those things. They're mm-hmm. they're very good, solid points. That like right now, I'm for a long time people were thinking it would be you know where with the the whole uh, taking out all the switching yard, you know, the east bank there. Mm-hmm. But that's that's not going to happen. First no. of all, it's not really conducive to it, and that land is way too valuable for other uses. Right. So then you're looking like, oh, okay. Uh, How about where the post office is, you know, that was going to be shut down a long time ago, but it's still, you'd have to take out some other stuff down there that I don't think is going to work, you know? So then you start looking at where are the pieces of land that are actually big enough to fit a baseball stadium. It doesn't have to be that big, No. but here's what I think. So, You know where the original Howard Wood Field was? That was a baseball and football stadium in Sioux Falls. The original, before it was out on Russell, Mm -hmm. it was where they eventually built a Sears, which is now a bunch of crappy state offices. Right. And it's just, you know, there's a pool, the Drake Springs pool is there, and, you know, Old
2: Nelson Park.
0: Old Nelson Park. And that would have been a great spot. Mm -hmm. But you still have some land there along the river that they could transform. That might work, but that's not, is that really downtown? You know, mm-hmm. you have to kind of walk up the, tr- you know, it's not adjacent really to the nightlife, but it would be, it has a historic uh, uh, resonance because it was uh, actually Babe Ruth. And um, was it Lou Gehrig? Babe Ruth and Lou, no, who would it have been? Babe Ruth oh. and somebody else used to do these barnstorming oh yeah, yeah. Uh, deals where they would, they would come to town, and each would have a team of locals, and they would play each other.
2: Right. I, was, I, I can remember the names. It was the, the LaRupin and Lou's, and the and the um, Bambinos Bashers, or something yeah. like that. Yeah.
0: Was it? It was Lou Gehrig, wasn't it? Yep. And so, uh, you know, that has some. That's the place where people would gather for baseball and football and stuff. So I think that might work. Because yeah, I do does. think you got to get the baseball stadium out of there.
2: Oh gosh, yes. I mean, it's. Yeah, I think it's. Impaired. I mean, uh, that's that is the big footprint. That's where the footprint for that parking can go, or that development can go. That can spur many other things at that spot. Plus, it, it's not like a really great idea to have every single thing that would attract a large crowd and the people, the people's Sioux falls to one spot. Yeah. I mean, it's good to it's good to have. I mean, two to five thousand. That's fine. Putting the Denny downtown that was crazy. You're not going to put sixteen thousand people downtown, but you can put five. It's pretty slick. Uh,
0: yeah. You know, I, again, that was the problem ultimately with putting the event center downtown and that's where I wanted it, but I knew we needed it, um, was a, a piece of land and, you know, we wouldn't have it right now if we would, we're going to put it, uh, where, uh, the railroad tracks were because it's that project's still going, you know, <laughs> it's not, it's not done yet. And so that's, that's a whole different conversation, but I think there's, there's gotta be a way you're going to have to put money into that baseball stadium anyway, right? Like it needs,
2: it needs help. And then that's, the amenities are pretty limited. I mean, they've they, and they've done some good work this year. Opening weekend was great. It was, it was a marked improvement, which was nice. And the product in the fields looks pretty decent this year. But you're right. I mean, which one of those things is going to get finished first? Crazy Horse or the railroad project? Don't, I mean, <laughs> no, you, take, you place your bets, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen.
0: But it, so I I'm for it. I just think it's going to be a it's going to be expensive. And it, baseball stadiums are not as expensive as some other things. Granted but it's another chunk of change i, I think people are going to push back but then what are you going to do you're going to punch uh five milski or whatever it's going to take into the uh new the old place to to bring it back up cuz i mean there are pieces of it that just need repair it's got another yeah. you know what i mean like concrete things like this that need to be fixed
2: yeah it's 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 a it's serviceable i mean it, and that's the thing do you want maybe don't stay in that league mm. if people are okay with not with playing in a, in a lesser league you know pretty soon you're the you're playing the aberdeen pheasants and,
0: uh, and it's in
2: a, in a way why
0: <laughs> so, why and, It's just why and who's
2: paying for that i don't <laughs> that's think right. anybody is no
0: uh common man uh good stuff as always thank you very much and <laughs> uh we'll get together again real soon okay
2: all right sounds good patrick take care
0: Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to chat with Corey Heidelberger of the Dakota Free Press blog. Always a great conversation. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 406 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And as we do on most Tuesdays at 4 o'clock, we talk to blogger extraordinaire from up in aberdeen south dakota cory heidelberger of course from the dakotafreepress.com blog Corey, thanks for being with us today
4: thanks for having me let's make some radio
0: yeah it's always fun isn't it now you bet uh how how are things up in aberdeen is it
4: things are great it is 86 degrees partly cloudy and not terribly breezy so when we get done i'm going for a run
0: Oh, awesome. I saw you ran uh, on your blog. I saw you ran, maybe it was social media, a little 5K action the other the other day. You looked good.
4: Yeah, every now and then a 5K pops up on here. And I'm, I'm not a big competitor. I just, every now and then, I like to run with some other folks. And it, it supported the the fraternal order of police up here, which which isn't just the city cops. It's the city police. It's the Brown County Sheriff. It's the GF&P game wardens, all the law enforcement people. So, you know, the money, you get a shirt, you help the police. It's kind of a nice run for everybody.
0: Yeah, awesome. Um uh, so you're here because we like to talk politics, of course, and on the Dakota Free Press blog, I was looking today and I see that the campaign finance numbers are out for a whole bunch of people. Very interesting numbers there, Mr. Heidelberger.
4: Yeah, and actually, this, this is one of those cases where, you know, sometimes the fundraisers send out emails saying, help us meet our deadline, help us meet our deadline, but there's not really a deadline. They're just trying to create a false sense of urgency. Yesterday, there was a sense of urgency because it was the pre-primary filing deadline for South Dakota candidates and for ballot question committees.
0: And that's and uh, so, Yeah. So there's some good stuff in there for the, the primaries, especially.
4: Yeah. Well, and, you know, the kind of the banner race that we have right now is, of course, the governor's race. That's the statewide race that's reported here. Uh, interestingly, the congressional race, that doesn't go into the South Dakota campaign finance. That's federal. So that's, they have different mm-hmm. deadlines. But our pre-primary race, looking at the governor's race, um, over the last you know four and a half months—that's what period this covers—Christy Nome was still the leading money leader. She, since January 1st, she's raised about six hundred and twenty thousand. Marty Jackley only raised five hundred and thirty-one thousand, and then Billy Sutton was third. He raised four hundred and sixteen thousand. But Marty Jackley is out with a press release this afternoon saying, "I'm the champ. I'm the champ of fundraising." Because he's still razzing Christy over the fact that she's coasting along on, you know, the one point two million that she rated from her congressional campaign fund. Mm-hmm. And of course, Marty likes to say, and that's all out- of state PAC money. More people from Florida have contributed to her campaign than from South Dakota or things like that. yeah, so and and Marty can make the case. If you look at the money that they've raised since they declared low these many moons ago in November uh, two thousand and sixteen, uh, Marty Jackley has outraised Christie in this race. The only reason she's had more money to spend is because of her raiding her congressional fund,
0: and that's perfectly legal and and something you would do if you were her. Um, the and she naturally is going to attract um, money from outside the state because she was a congressperson. So sure, in, yeah,
4: she's got those connections. You bet.
0: In in your numbers, you have a broke down here, South Dakota PACs. Public uh, uh, political action committees and non South Dakota political action committees, and I'm interested because Christie's non South Dakota PACs are about equal, just a little less than Marty's South Dakota PACs. Twenty about twenty seven thousand to twenty five thousand, roughly two right. thousand difference. Right,
4: and 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 really for the and Marty's making a big deal of that. He's saying, "See, I'm mostly just South Dakota money. She's got this foreign money coming in." But number one, that might matter to voters. Um, if they're paying attention, it's, it's, it's something worth plying. You know, mm-hmm. South Dakotans do have this kind of insular sense of if someone from out of state did it, we better, we better nuke them because the only good things and only bad things come from elsewhere. But practically speaking, dollars are dollars. What matters right now is they need to buy up whatever airtime and billboards are left. And so, you know, whether that money came from Florida, D.C., or Pier, it's still going to serve the same effect and get their message out for them. The other thing I'd note just on those numbers from yesterday's reports, Are that that pack money, like you just said, it's about $27,000 for each of them we're looking at. That's out of, you know, last, the last four months, Marty spent 1.5 million. Mm -hmm. Christy spent 1.7 million. So the pack money they're getting right now is a really insignificant chunk, I would say of the totals that they're raising and that they're spending you know mostly from the people who are involved in South Dakota politics but 1.5 million for Jackley, 1.7 million for Christy just in the last four months that's why you hear nothing but them during every commercial break
0: yeah and and thank you for that um the uh <laughs> it, it is interesting that's a lot of money I uh, to to have spent already in a primary um, I don't remember the numbers from the big three-way primary when Rounds was elected governor, but it, it, there was a lot of late spending in that deal, and it was a lot, and it was probably more than this. But this still seems like a lot of cash, isn't it?
4: Yeah, and I I haven't run those numbers, but yes, I mean between the two of them, just in the last four months, they've spent over three million dollars, and that's that's just for the primary. That's and and that's that's the pre-primary report. So you're right; we still have uh, one two weeks before the end. And I would bet just like 2002, you know, they poured the money on in the last two weeks, Christie and Marty will pour the money on in this chunk too. And as it stands, uh, Christie has a million dollars in the bank. Marty has $570,000 in the bank. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they both spent all of that to try to push ahead because there's been no sign that one or the other is the front runner. I mean, I think they're treating it like it's anybody's race.
0: Yeah, you would hate to leave uh, a couple hundred thousand in the bank because you thought you were going to need it just to not need it.
4: Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, they could say, well, but if I do win, I need something for the general. You know, the the, the logic there is you don't worry about it. If you win this election, a lot of people are going to go, hey, that's the winner. I'm giving them money. They'll be able to pick that up again. Plus, they're Republicans. Republicans mm-hmm. will want that seat. So I think, yeah, they can afford to burn up all the money in the bank right now to make sure they win the primary.
0: Meanwhile, uh, Billy Sutton raised... Uh, a. Uh, about, uh, well, what did he take in the, about 416,000 this reporting period? Is that yep. right?
4: His take over that same four months, about 416,000. So, you know, 200 less than Christie, 100 less than Marty, but he only spent 200,000 yep. and he doesn't have a primary going on. So, you know, he didn't need to raise that much right now. And as it sits, the cash he has on hand is $880,000. So he's got a lot more money than Marty in his pocket. He's got, a competitive amount with christy like if if the world stopped right now and we just threw marty out and said okay christy billy it's you two against each
0: other mm-hmm.
4: her one million versus his eight hundred eighty thousand. they could have a fair fight with that
0: yeah that's interesting um so he's doing pretty well for for a democrat in south dakota that hasn't even had to start running yet
4: <laughs> and that's exactly the line that billy is pushing on his uh you know his email list to his supporters and that saying hey we are doing the best that any democrats ever done in a statewide race in south dakota Keep the money coming. That's certainly the line he's plying, and and it's true. He's got a really good bank account right now, and he's demonstrated. And this is maybe the more important point for all candidates. It's not just that you've got money you can buy billboards with. It's a demonstration of the support you have from all around the state. And even there, there's a cool little number. If you look at the uh, their income, there's a line for unitemized. Mm-hmm. These are like the small individual donations. You know, ten bucks, twenty bucks a pop. Mm-hmm on that metric, Billy raised more money than either Christie or Marty. So Billy could look at that number and say, hey, when it comes to your small donors, people love me. I'm the Bernie Sanders. I'm the $27 ahead candidate.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. He certainly will be uh, a more money in this gubernatorial campaign than we have had in recent years. That's for darn sure. Um, yes, more, more so than inflation would explain. Yeah. And uh, just briefly, there's a very interesting thing going on. Uh, I mean, Jason, I can't say his last name. Roundsburg. 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 Uh He's raised a lot more than Lance Russell or John Fitzgerald. That's kind of interesting in the attorney general's race because they don't even have a primary. But the uh, the thing that's interesting to me is in the uh, uh, Democratic AG uh, uh, race here. How much money Randy Saylor, former U.S. Attorney uh, Randy Saylor, has raised. Yeah, uh, Randy Seiler. He just
4: he basically got serious at the end of April because mm-hmm. he was finishing up his work as a like an interim uh, uh, assistant state's attorney out in Pierre in, in the Hughes County courthouse. There, he said, "Well, I didn't want to raise a bunch of money till I was done with the job and wasn't picking lawyers." So basically, in less than a month, he's raised ninety thousand dollars for his race.
0: That's a lot. Um,
4: yeah. Well, and for a convention race, and compared to the six thousand that his opponent Tate We Means has mm-hmm. raised. And even compared to the, the total, like the 50000 that Jason Roundsborg raised over the last four and a half months, Randy Seiler in four weeks raised more than the three Republicans in the AG race combined in the last four months. That's, That's very, impressive.
0: That is impressive. Uh, we're going to come right back and talk more with Corey Heidelberger from dakotafreepress.com, and you can go see those numbers all broken down on his blog, which is very cool. And uh, we're going to chat about some other things here in just a minute. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.
2: 421
0: on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Mr. Corey Heidelberger of the Dakota Free Press blog, and we love talking to Corey about politics and state of South Dakota, Corey. Uh, the uh, other thing I wanted to chat with you about that's on your blog currently is this: uh, the the folks who are challenging the signatures on im twenty six. Now that's not unusual necessarily that people would be challenging signatures, but uh, it's uh, who who are these people?
4: Well, uh, these people they're, they're challenging the petition that would put a prescription drug price cap on our ballot this fall. And the people challenging it are the pharmaceutical industry, because they don't want a cap on their prices. They want to keep making money. Now, the funny thing is they've created themselves a committee. They've got a gal, Joni Johnson, here in South Dakota. She's their point person, and she's affiliated, I think, with like the South Dakota Biotechnology Association, maybe another group, but it's 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 really it's money from big pharma, Nova Nordisk, and uh, I think Bristol Squibbs, Meyer, other you know pharmaceutical corporations. But they call their committee what's the name of it again? Oh, they call their committee South Dakotans Against the Deceptive RX Ballot Issue, <laughs> which is clever because now every time, and I've heard it on South Dakota Public Radio, and I, I think I've heard it on the regular. They, every time someone reports it, they say, well. South Dakotans against the deceptive RX ballot issue have filed this challenge. Blah blah blah. So they're get by naming their committee this. They basically trick good reporters into spreading their propaganda by branding initiated Measure Twenty Six quote deceptive.
0: Ah, that is that's true. That's why they pay the big bucks for uh, high level political consultants, right?
4: hey, these are the same people who put all those ads about how you're all depressed or sad or psoriasis scabby, psoriasis scabby, whatever you have, take their drug and life gets wonderful. They make all those ads. They have marketing experts. They know how to do this kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. And, and so who the, this whole issue has is kind of flown under the radar, it feels like to me, with all the other stuff that was going on, the fact that it's going to be on the ballot to have mm-hmm. caps on drug prices, which is, it seems... Um, Anti uh, marketplace to me, anti free market at some measure. Is this, you know, is this something that is actually happening elsewhere or is this well, a South Dakota I don't know situation? It's
4: been, it's been tried elsewhere. Like it was on the ballot in Ohio and it failed in large part because Big Pharma came in and spent millions of dollars there to advertise against it and it failed hard, like 80% to 20%. It is anti free market in terms of price controls, but it's, there's an important thing to notice. If isn't a price cap on what you and I would pay when we go to the doctor or go to the pharmacist. It's a price cap on what the state of South Dakota will pay when it acquires drugs through, like, the state insurance plan or through Medicaid when it's, you know, reimbursing Mm -hmm. pharmacists for, you know, prescriptions that Medicaid patients would get. And it caps those levels. It really copies this idea from something the Veterans Administration does, the federal VA, because they have... Basically this that that's where it's done. The federal government has price caps through the VA where it says the VA will only pay this much for a drug, period. So it's trying to copy that and sort of graft those caps onto state level practices.
0: That's interesting. And and government through Medicaid and Medicare and everything else does cap prices on a lot of different stuff. You know, whether yeah, that's they, the cost mm-hmm. of an X ray or, or whatever, they only have they'll only pay so much.
4: Right. They say Medicare, this is the rate. Medicaid, this is the rate. And even within, like, like Medicaid, for instance, in South Dakota, which would be affected by this price cap, um, I've started looking at some of the drug prices. And, there, you know, there are some drugs where the state already gets some pretty good discounts that they negotiate with the pharmaceutical companies. Mm-hmm. What the pharmaceutical companies are saying is, hey, if you start capping all these prices, we're not going to negotiate with you anymore. We'll just have to raise our price on everything, and then you're you're just out of luck. Is is the line the pharmaceutical companies are giving?
0: And so this right now, it, where does this stand? they've challenged this in court. Yes.
4: Yeah. Now it's gone to court. They didn't. They didn't see. I have to back up. I apologize. That's right. This petition for IM twenty six, initiated measure twenty six. It was the last petition Chantel got to, or, or second to last. Excuse me. It was submitted last November. She didn't approve it until like April twelfth. I think. Really. Really? So it was just a month ago it got approved.
0: That's a long wait to get that through.
4: Well, yeah. And, you know, if you're a ballot measure sponsor and you're waiting five months to know whether you even get on the ballot, it kind of gets in the way of raising funding and, you know, doing campaigning and such. But now the big pharma lobby, they could have challenged this to Secretary Krebs. They skipped that step and they just said, no, we're going straight to court. Nuts and bolts are they got a hold of the petition and they went through the voter registration list and they've, you know, knocked off. They say these signatures aren't there. These voters don't exist. But they also hired a couple of private investigators out of Sioux Falls and had them run around and try to track down circulators. (laughs) And so they're claiming now in among their argument, they're claiming that at least six of those circulators don't live at the addresses they put on their petitions. And an additional four of those circulators either don't live at those addresses or aren't residents of South Dakota, including one guy, Gary Robinson, who collected over 2,000 signatures.
0: Oh, my. Well, if that's true, that's, that, those folks can't do that, Right.
4: Oh, yeah, you can't be out-of-state circulators, and we've heard that on previous petitions. Mm -hmm. I complained in 2016 when when the payday industry came in, and they were circulating that fake petition to try to mess things up. I was complaining to high heaven that, sure, they were bringing bringing in these out-of-state mercenaries to circulate our petitions in violation of state statute that says only citizens can do that. But these are the claims that Big Pharma is making now, to go after this prescription drug price cap petition again and again this is an argument about the merits of the price cap this is just about did the petitioners comply with state law and gather enough legitimate
0: signatures well that's one we'll have to watch that's uh yes and you know let this be a warning to everybody who gets involved in this things have been pretty loosey-goosey in the whole petition world for quite a while and you know people would sign things that necessarily weren't real but nobody ever really checked it right
4: Right, but the thing is, things have been loosey-goosey, but here what we're seeing is someone will come after you, but only if they're a big money interest Mm -hmm. and they've got money at stake. The average citizen can't afford to hire two detectives and a consulting firm from Arizona and pay thousands of dollars to do all this. But But Big Pharma, they've basically got infinite legal uh, funds. So here we go with the challenge.
0: If you're going to go after Big Pharma, you better make sure you're doing it right because you know they're going to take you apart.
4: Yep that's that's going to happen they've got money involved and the same was true for the payday lenders yep. or the our, our neighbors who tried to you know put a rate cap on the payday lenders they knew they were going to face all sorts of attacks and did very similar to this but they still prevailed they yeah. came out ahead even though they were the underdog
0: Corey heidelberger he he blogs under the dakotafreepress.com label moniker title whatever you want to call it it's good stuff and uh, cory's here most tuesdays to chat about state politics cory thank you very much
4: Hey, glad to talk about it, Patrick. Have a great day.
0: Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to chat with Jim Henning and Jeff Hansen. Uh, They've got some interesting things about sculpture at Good Earth State Park and other stuff, so we'll be right back to talk with them. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 4.37 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And I am very pleased to have in studio with me today couple of gentlemen that I think do great work in our world and the first is Jim Henning. He is the park manager at Good Earth State Park which is for my money one of the greatest additions to the city of Sioux Falls. Mr. Henning thanks for being here today.
3: Thanks for having me Pat. I'm glad to be here.
0: Uh, and this is a, a strange combination but our old friend Jeff Hansen, Chief Ambassador for Sculpture Walk is here with us today as well and we're going to figure out how one of these things doesn't belong here in just a second, but no, no, that's not true. Everybody belongs. Everybody's welcome in the Patrick Lally Show studio. Uh, uh, Jeff, thanks for coming in.
5: Hey, thanks. Just happy to be here.
0: First of all, I want to get to some news that came out. Uh, when was that? Last week? Last week. Last week. Yeah. Uh, now, you were just here not so long ago. We talked about the new Sculpture Walk, but after that... You guys, you have like a, a
5: a new a new spot. A new explain this to me. Yeah. What's going on? Here? Well, we, we decided we weren't going to take a nap and <laughs> working first together, time we're, working <laughs> together with First Dakota Bank and and the Pavilion. We've opened up a visitors center at the Washington Pavilion up on the second floor, and it's it's what a what a great place the Pavilion is number one, but then for us to be a part of that is is really nice. So thanks to Darren, Jason Folkerts, and the rest of the team that we worked with to help put that thing together. So now people have a, a a starting point and an end point. You know, that was always one of the questions. Well, where does Sculpture Walk start? Yeah. Wherever you want. <laughs> wherever wherever <laughs> and, you are, and, uh, there it is. <laughs> and so so now, but there's a, there's a great informational video. There's information on the Arc of Dreams and the construction and as that progresses... There's pictures of 15 years of sculptures. You learn about the history of the program. And it's all right there in the pavilion. I mean, if people wanted to spend a day there, they certainly could. But we'd like them to just use that as a starting point and then head out and do the sculpture walk and then come back and and enjoy Leonardo's or do something else. But make it a destination.
0: Well, now you can get some gelato across the street, too. So that's uh, the... So it's a an area, a room. I mean, what yeah, up on the second it's, floor it's there? Tell up, me where it is. It's
5: up on the second floor, right outside the the museum. Oh, okay. And and so it's in it's in a perfect spot for art lovers.
0: Yeah, that's and,
5: awesome. Uh, yeah, and it's open, and it's free.
0: Oh, even better.
5: Yeah, I mean you don't you don't have to get those free passes anymore to do sculpture walk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the cool thing too there is that you will uh, inform people catch people, attract people who just happen to be in the pavilion who may be traveling through and had no idea that there was this whole collection down there.
5: Right. That that's that's the best part. And and vice versa. People who knew us are just are walking along. They come from the falls. They decide to walk downtown. They're like, holy cow, what's this? And then they see that we have a visitor center at the pavilion. So yeah, it's a great you know what else would you expect out of this little city in america
0: that's true nice way to pick up on that way to stick with the brand uh jim of course uh, i've introduced you as the park manager at good earth state park uh this uh how how, sculpture what why what what's going on at good earth state park in terms of sculpture
3: so just this past weekend we actually just unveiled our uh, new sculpture that's on display at good earth state park it stands just outside the visitor center. It's a native couple uh, that is wrapped in a ceremonial blanket. It's a bronze statue. And uh, it's got a lot of intricate details that a person can really spend a lot of time exploring and learning about.
0: Uh, Good Earth uh, continues to expand and, and transform out there. Uh, tell me, where where is this? If folks have been out to Good Earth State Park, which, first of all, it's out, uh, it's south. East of the city, it's basically just on the the border of the city out there. You go down Highway 11, you see a sign, you take a left. Uh, but so it's it's very close to the city. It's the latest uh, state park in the state of South Dakota, the first one in a long time. Um, but uh, uh, what? Where is this sculpture in terms of whatever everything else that's going on out there?
3: Okay, so uh, park visitors, you know, they come in like you said. You you mm-hmm. head south out of Sioux Falls, you take a left and then a right, and you're there come in our very beautiful entrance road about a mile drive kind of weaving back and forth through the grassland fresh planted trees and can kind of see what things are, are going to be or what it's going to look like out there and as you get into the parking lot you'll see the visitor center right there and just on the northwest end of the building right out there in front of the oh cool in front of the buildings a sculpture
0: that's awesome uh and who sculpted it
3: uh, the sculptor's name is Dan Jones. He's actually a, a member of the Ponca Tribe of Oklahoma, former chairman of the Ponca Tribe of Oklahoma. Wow! But he's a, a writer and an artist, and uh, has done bronze work that's on display in other areas. It is it, just a fantastic statue.
5: Was this on Sculpture Walk at some point, or is there no connection there? No, the the, the only connection would be is is we 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 share a benefactor. I and yeah, yeah. and uh. And a guy who's just been great for Sioux Falls, Jeff Schirschlicht, um, and he, he's been a champion of that downtown. He opened up the East Bank. He was a champion behind the Arboretum, mm-hmm. and he's been a wonderful champion for Good Earth, not not to mention Sculpture Walk. So, so Jeff got us involved, mm-hmm. and so we helped with the call to artists. And, ah, I see. So you and, found the talent. Well, you know, we, we cast a wide net and, and then a wider net, and and uh those aren't easy when you commission a piece of art um so that there was a lot of work by a lot of people that went into it to make it work and to have it be a good meaningful sculpture but uh but really dan and his gang they do all the work
0: (laughs) yeah awesome we're going to come right back and talk more with jim henning from good earth state park and jeff hansen Chief Ambassador for Sculpture Walk. We'll be right back after this short break. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Maybe the sun will shine
3: today. The clouds will blow away. 427 on the...
0: 447. 447. I can't even read numbers today on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSO. We return to our conversation with Jim Henning, he's Park Manager out at the one of the best places on earth, the Good Earth State Park, and Jeff Hansen, uh, Chief Ambassador for Sculpture Walk, who, if we're lucky, won't say anything else today. No, that's a, that's a joke, that's a joke. Uh, Jeff, uh, they're here together because there's a new, uh, beautiful sculpture out at Good Earth State Park and there's a, a link with Sculpture Walk, but, I want to, Jim, I want uh, to talk a little bit about the park because it's awesome. Uh, First of all, how long you been there and where'd you come from?
3: Um, Actually, I've been working for game fishing parks for two and a half years. And uh, the whole time I've been with Good Earth State Park, I uh, came here from Sioux City. I was in Sioux City for the (laughs) seven previous years.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, So the, the Sioux City, there's like a huge Sioux City connection here. I worked in Sioux City. Jeff used to live and work in Sioux City, and now you. Wow. (laughs) And what did you do in Sioux City?
3: I actually worked at a nature center down there in Sioux City as a uh, naturalist. Which one? Dorothy Pico.
0: Oh, got it. Lovely place.
3: Yeah.
0: And so where are you from originally?
3: I grew up in southwest Kansas, actually, Dodge City.
0: Oh, my. How'd you end up here?
3: Long road. All right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There probably aren't that many jobs in what you do. Uh,
3: You know, there there are, if you're willing to move, there are quite a few jobs. And, uh, you know, I've always been kind of nomadic by spirit. And luckily, I've landed in a really great place. I don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon.
0: So, and you did land in a great place. And I, I, I'm i hyperbolic, hyperbolic. I, I, too <laughs> much hyperbole uh, for me on Good Earth. I understand that. But I, it is, uh, it was a long time, time coming to have that sort of a, a, a refuge in right in our city essentially. And it's, it's still growing and changing. What has been happening out there recently? And what, what are we going to see in the near term with Good Earth?
3: Sure. So we just uh, continue to try to make things better out there all the time. You know, our visitor center opened just almost exactly a year ago, just a couple days ago, a year ago, Mm -hmm. Uh, we've actually seen about 90,000 visitors in that first year. And, um, you know, we, we continue to work on things like landscaping and improving the trails and, you know, just making things look as nice as they can. And, you know, uh, just constantly things are in motion and just trying to kind of refine the things that we do have. We do uh, have a uh, uh, amphitheater that's going to be opening up here in about another two weeks. That was my question. Weeks, I think
0: there's been con- some construction out there and I didn't know what it was. Yep. It's the amphitheater. Right. And what's going to happen there?
3: So the amphitheater is just going to help kind of add to our uh, our educational experience out there. It's going to give us a place to use for outdoor education. Hopefully we can get some, you know, musicians to come in and maybe do some shows and yeah, just kind of help make the park even better.
0: And there's a lot of events. There's a lot, you have a lot of like uh, interpretive walks and different things like sure. that. How do I find out sure. more about what I can go out and take part in at Good Earth State Park?
3: It's a great question. Uh, actually, yeah, I was just looking at our new calendar and starting this weekend, we have educational programs almost every day for the entire summer. And uh, if people are interested in taking part in those, they can check out our website, gfp.sd.gov. Or they can look at our Facebook page. We usually have a listing on there as well.
0: Good, and if you like to be outdoors at all, uh, kids, any any ages, it's just a it's a great place. I run out there a lot. A lot of people do. Um, get you can get down and see the river, uh, or just a fantastic stretch of the river. But the vistas are amazing, and you can actually uh, really visualize some of the history there, which if people don't know. Um, the connection with the, the sculpture that you were talking about earlier and the site, there really is a one-to-one there. Tell tell the people about that connection.
3: Yeah, there is. So uh, roughly 500 years ago, the place was inhabited by Native American culture, what's referred to today as the Oneota culture. Uh, and as I said earlier, our sculptor, Dan Jones, is a member of the Ponca tribe of Oklahoma. They're actually one of the descendant tribes that participated in this culture, Uh, as many as 10,000 people lived in the area. And so it's nice that we have our visitor center there. We have an exhibit in there that helps tell that story. We have a film that shows twice an hour that also helps tell the story, as well as our programming is focused on that history. And now this sculpture helps add to the experience and and tell part of that story as well.
0: So you have uh, there's been some uh, land added to uh, Good Earth over the last few years. What are you current? What is the current size of the park that's usable, and what are the future plans out there? Just to remind us what that vision is.
3: Sure. Um, so the what's going on, the size of the park right now we're at about 650 acres, and uh, as far as future plans, we've actually just kind of sat down to start talking about what that what that plan is going to look like.
0: But it's going to uh, overtake. Uh, it's going to include what is now Spring Creek Golf Course, correct? Correct. And plans across the river in Iowa. Right. Plans
3: across the river in Iowa. Yep. They uh, finished their master planning last fall. And, uh, you know, that their master plan calls for a, a, a really nice area, too. So um,
0: so when it's all done, when it's all finished in the Grand Vision, how many acres are we talking about here?
3: Well, I guess in a perfect world, if the entire plan comes together that the, the Iowa side had envisioned, it would be roughly three thousand acres
0: wow that's amazing and the other side is really cool now you can go over there and there's some areas that you can actually uh access on the other side that's pretty cool. get you yep. manitou is over there and yep. and uh, uh just just a great spot um and if you've never been get out there to good earth state park you take highway 11 out of town that what is now veterans parkway out of town right there you take a left at like i think it's 85th street
3: yeah, so you can turn left on 269 yep. and head east and then catch 480 south.
0: And there's signs, don't worry about it. It's just, it's right there. And uh, get out there and enjoy it. Uh, Jim Henning of Gooder Estate Park, thank you very much for coming in. And, and Jeff, you too, man. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you both again real soon.
5: Thank you. Sounds great. Thanks again, Patrick.
0: Coolio. We'll be right back and finish up today's show right after this short break. This is The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. <laughs> 458 on The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And I want to tell you, folks, the Canaries. Season started last week. They're playing tonight, Wednesday and Thursday, out there at the uh, Birdcage. Get out there and take in a game. They host Sioux City. The hated Sioux City Explores.
1: Oh, the I-29 rivals. Bring
0: it on. So that's tonight, Wednesday and Thursday. Keep you up to date on that. Coming up and on the show tomorrow, Republican candidate for the U.S. House of Representatives, Dusty Johnson, will be in the studio. Scott Hudson is our weird friend of the day. And blogger Pat Powers of Dakota War College will be into chat politics. It'll be a blast. Stay tuned. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.